Welcome everybody to Hidden Guardians Podcast, your only podcast hosted by actual Hidden Guardians. Today, Benj and I are going to go over the update from Destiny 2 game director Joe Blackburn. He had a video he put up on the socials, 15 minutes, actually pretty damn important 15 minutes, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, Bungie was uh, very kind enough to give us a lovely uh, bullet-pointed uh, summary of everything. And it was kind of off the cuff and very well appreciated, and I love that format. We're going to hit everything up on it, and if there's time, there's also a weapon uh, preview for Season 22. There's a lot of graphs, a lot of technical stuff. That could take way too long. So what we're, we'd end up doing, if there's time, is we're just going to touch on the exotic weapon changes coming up, because that's actually quite interesting. I'm Outrider. I'm with Venge. Today's been shit so far. Well, at least for me. How are you, Venge? I, I, I mean, I'm, I, me. I'm all right. Better than you, I would say, at this point, yeah. Yeah, it started off with... <laughs> I had to stave off what felt like a migraine was coming on, then my laptop decided to play, uh, you know, hide-and-seek with me while, um, yeah, like the desktop to Windows. Venge was listening to this. It was totally crazy while this was going on. But what else is new? We out here. Technology. <laughs> so we got an update from Destiny 2 game director Joe Blackburn. It says this week Destiny 2 game director Mr. Blackburn sat down at his home office to fill players in on some strategic shifts to the game and expand on the future of Destiny 2. If this is news to you and you want to go watch it in full, here you go. I am going to have this linked in the description so you can actually listen to the man himself. It's actually very nice to listen to. Plus you get to see the Nerf Yallahorn in his uh personal office off to the right for the entire thing it's really awesome i have one i'm just saying <laughs> i do not have one but well it's a skill issue um so... i'm just not a real destiny fan apparently not the destiny 2 showcase <laughs> uh, we're super excited about next week's showcase we want to let everyone know that it's focused on the reveals of the final shape season 22 and what comes next in destiny 2 uh, our showcase is made for a wide audience of destiny fans so they're not going to dive into some of the more granular topics like an upcoming Zer revamp or hud improvements which is heads up display planned for the future uh, we will be discussing how the live service destiny 2 will evolve over the following the conclusion of the final shape. And Joe, along with Dan, Destiny 2's general manager, will be live on the set for the post-show Q&A, answering some important questions in a similar fashion to last year. Yeah, I kind of figured this was going to be a very broad showcase like normal. I didn't think they were going to do anything like super, super hardcore and specific. It's to sell it to the biggest audience possible. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty standard for what these have kind of become is... A very, yeah, very, very broad, not not in any of them have they touched on super heavy topics from the community, but... No, no, it's like, hey, look at all the cool toys coming. That That's kind of what it is. It's big, it's flashy. You're going to see a lot of neat things with, like, you know, cameras spinning around, guardians as they're running and shooting stuff and moving in slow motion and up-close shots of guns reloading and all this stuff. I'm going to scream if you see a montage like that. <laughs> Almost exactly like I just said it. Um, but hey, I'm interested in knowing more about the upcoming Zerv revamp. Same, because he mentions strange coins. So, strange coins are only available right now in um, what what the hell is that? The, the Dares of Eternity. Dares, yeah. Um. And then he also made a point to say that um, the showcase is not a response to the state of the game um, reaction. It's not a response to the video he made. It's It was made a while ago, so even though it's very clearly said to not expect certain things, don't expect to hear about that because it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? How live service will involve following Final Shape? Eh, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, how about that Crucible stuff, man? What do you got? 
Crucible. Our recent PvP strategy has been focused on the following areas. Foundational sandbox balance, for example, making sure the strand came out in a great place for PvP and loose in harmony with the rest of the Crucible. Putting out two weapon balance updates each season, one alongside the launch and one later mid-season. Updating PvP ritual weapon pools at the beginning of each season. And making one new map and additional reprised map ports each year. For maps, ultimately the above plan isn't the type of support for PvP that is producing the Crucible experience that players have come to expect from Bungie. For the next year, our plan is to change the map release strategy from a slower rollout to a single map pack that comes in one drop later on in 2024, available to all players. Um, so it is free. The goal is to get away from single installments, where a single map is expected to fit many different modes and gameplay styles and ends up being a more generalized experience. The new strategy will allow the team to ship multiple maps together, delivering a more refreshing PvP experience all at once. Uh, for modes, uh, we know map we know new maps won't alone drastically alter the foundation of PvP. We need to ramp up our strategy on modes as well. There are two new additions coming in Season 22 that we're excited about. Checkmate is a gunplay-focused modifier for multiple modes that players have been asking for since the original Destiny. This will be rolling out. This will be rolling out throughout Season 22. I believe it starts in Week Five. And Relic. Launching at the start of the season is a new mode that escalates between core Destiny Mastery and Wild Relic plays as you succeed until it becomes a crazy mayhem-type experience. <clears throat> um, core playlists. There have been a few obstacles, like setting up a character voiceover and a handful of bugs that have had us that have held us up from moving some of the new Labs and Iron Banner game modes from the past year into the core PvP playlist. Going forward, we are going to accept that there are some minor polish issues that we can't resolve immediately and get these modes into core playlists as soon as possible. And lastly, the competitive division. The team also wants to change how points are gained and lost in competitive. Personal MMR is currently weighted too highly and the points gained, are lost, gained and lost are too unpredictable. The plan is to move to a simpler system where winning or losing matters more. The competitive experience should have more modes that players enjoy, like Countdown Rush, and fewer that players don't enjoy as much, like Rift. All right. Well, um, I, I'm I, I like I like the move away from the the focused type of maps. Uh, I'm curious to see what the map pack is going to be like in 2024, and there's no, there's no idea to really know how many maps are going to come in that, but with the way that they're talking about it, I imagine it's going to be more than two, um, because that's what they've been trying to do now. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm thinking maybe three. If yeah, three, maybe four. Amazing. Yeah. But, you know, what, what they mentioned is like, all right, so we basically had to come up with generalist maps. They have mm -hmm. to be good at everything for multiple play sites. And then we end up with something like Disjunction. Do not get me wrong. I like Disjunction as a map. Mm -hmm. For Rift. It is a Rift map. It is a <clears> long <throat> map. It's perfect. It feels like a football field, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's great for Rift. Everything else is no. <laughs> it, it, that's why it doesn't fit. I also want to mention that, you know, there's that new map coming out in the Vex network. Um mm -hmm next season well actually when you know this tuesday the start of the new season on august 22nd um i don't remember the name of it but that's going to be another one of these generalist maps you know yeah. it needs to be said that this is not going to be under this you know new direction this is going to be one of those maps that people are probably not going to like on certain play modes at all Mm -hmm. because it's just not going to feel right because it's built to encompass a wide variety of stuff. So this is a better, I think this is a better tactic, releasing maps that are actually more suited for certain play modes. Mm -hmm. I really kind of wish it was like that from the start, but I get it. Um, I dig that they're not focusing on hellacious amounts of polish to drop uh, new things into the core playlist from labs. <clears throat> uh, same. I, I'm fine with some jank. In fact, I, I there's 
I don't think any game is jank free. You try your best. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, oh, you're not getting the voice lines right, I'm not worried about that. Just the experience itself is where you want to see it, and you fix the voice lines, you know, later in the season or something, when you do your mid-season balance patch or something like that. Mm-hmm. Get the playlist in there. I'm wondering if now this is a reason we never saw additional play modes in Gambit, because... They were too focused, not only are Gambit's not moving the needle, but also we have to deliver on a certain level of polish here. Mm-hmm. Yo, I would have liked that vampire mode, you know, <laughs> when you're invading and you're just standing near the um, <laughs> the, the opponent's bank, you're like draining their modes. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. I would have loved to see that, but, you know, it is what it is. But at least they're taking some steps differently now. Uh, competitive division. Again, I've mentioned I've never stepped foot in it, but I know people that do play it regularly. Mm-hmm. And it's always been funny to me to watch them go, you know, I, I won a match in competitive division. I, I'm, I'm exaggerating here. I won a match in competitive division. I only won two points, and I lost one, and I lost 250. Yeah. Which, for an exaggeration, is not that far off. I think it was like gain five and lose 200. It was like, come on. What is going on with this player? Yeah, the, the, point, the point values have been pretty bad. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I think the plan, simpler system, winning or losing, you know, is a good thing. Um, and also moving something like Rift away from it. Mm-hmm. I see Rift more as a party game. I don't see it as a uh, really serious... A 3v3 take-it-serious yeah. game mode. It's, yeah. It definitely is... It feels way more fit for sixes. Yeah, it's definitely a sixes thing. And it's definitely for something you throw in, like, you know, the same playlist that Mayhem is in. You know, that that's where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be just, like you know, crazy fun, bashing into each other type, you know, it's football, basically. It's Destiny version of football. You want to, like, run it and have a good time with it. You don't really need it to be super competitive. Yeah. You want it to be crazy. So I think these are all good decisions. Um, Again, I'm disappointed they didn't address Gambit here, but we already kind of have an idea where that's going. Uh, Armor armor this was one of your big things from the state of the game (laughs) well i agree with you on it uh joe talked about how we look at armor and we make our plans going forward with creating new sets before we get deeper into this section let's define the different visual categories of armor in destiny 2 so you have your aspirational armor these come from raids dungeons and trials they should be flashy and represent the core of what these experiences offer players should feel proud to wear this armor as a personal note Past couple raid armor sets, I won't touch. I don't like what they look like. I'm glad people do. I just think they look terrible. <laughs> just They might fit the theme, but the theme is to me. Um, Eververse armor. Armor that you can buy for silver or bright dust. Uh, should feel like that armor breaks the mold. Eververse is a place to experiment with things that are unexpected in Destiny. People who own this armor should feel like their purchases are worth it. Okay. Narrative armor. Armor shown in our trailers, season pass armor, and campaign armor. This is the thematic and build to drive home a specific fantasy and moment in time. So, like, Season of the Deep, the, uh, you know, uh, armor that you get from the vendor is kind of themed like uh, scuba gear. Mm-hmm. Aquatic stuff, so, you know, because you're underwater. Well, you're under the sea, so to speak. And Rituals in Blues, Vanguard, Crucible, and Gambit earned armored sets. Uh, these represent the core Guardian fantasy. What does the Guardian on the front lines of battle look like? This is the, um, you know, dollar store Guardian look. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's the, you, you, you shop for your clothes at Walmart Guardian look, which is mm-hmm. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's just, you know, it's there. It's available if, you know, it, 
you know, when you have holes in your underpair, and so that's when you put those on. So in season, uh, in 2022, the team reevaluated our armor priority to focus on the armor that people earn in aspirational content like trials and raids. The requirements to acquire these are hard-earned, and we feel the rewards should reflect the achievement. We believe this focus paid off over the past year with some really great looks that you can get from completing Spire of the Watcher, Root of Nightmares, and most recent season for players who want to fulfill the Deep Sea Diver fantasy. One of the trade-offs in making this shift in focus resulted in fewer ritual armor sets going forward, and we failed to communicate this with the community early on. As a result, we will convert an Eververse armor set from Season 22 into Ritual Armor uh, that anyone can earn before the end of the season. We also plan to ship a new Ritual set with the final shape next year. Um, okay, so that's an apology for not communicating. That they're giving us, essentially, an opportunity to earn a Eververse set out of the uh, Vanguard, Crucible, and Gambit playlist. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Okay. I mean, they could do that annually, too. Yeah. I know. Just kind of make it worthwhile to pick up armor there. I, I personally think armor itself needs an entire overhaul in the game. Because, frankly, once you get your uh, pieces of gear that fulfill your double or triple 100 stat values you don't ever need armor again mm -hmm. so what's the point other than just cosmetics so they gotta make it you know worthwhile um i i find this interesting that you know they they, they say armor that you could buy for silver or bright dust for the eververse stuff and i'm seeing less and less Eververse armor sets that you could buy for Bright Dust. Is that There's just less me? and less of everything that you can buy for Bright Dust. Yeah. So... I'm I'm glad that like the event stuff is still I mean, six thousand uh Bright Dust for an armor set is I I feel like that's that's okay, but getting to six thousand bright dust is another thing for people that don't really have the the Huh, the reserves, I guess. Yeah, and the only reason um, people have reserves like that is they've been playing for so long. Mm -hmm. And just not being able to spend the Bright Dust. I have like over 60,000 Bright Dust right now. And like, um, usually the seasonal armor, like this season would be the, uh, like the PlayStation armor for like God of War... Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon. Mm -hmm. um, that that is, I mean, we we've talked about this before. Those sets usually go for fifteen hundred bright dust. These ones are for two thousand. And the ones that go for fifteen, yeah, yeah, silver, silver. Sorry, did I say bright dust? <laughs> my I, my brain's in places. Um, it's fine. But like this season compared to past seasons. Um, that armor does not rotate through like one armor piece a week through the the bright dust section of the store, which or I guess the I, option to buy it all in one shot for like eight thousand bright dust or some shit. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. There, there's, there's still a big problem with Eververse in general, but the 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 inability to buy stuff with bright dust unless you're buying a ghost projection for 4500 which is insanity um it's i i i, I don't know i i yeah i wish there was a less eververse armor sets and more that i can earn in game i mean it's fine you want to stick more into raids and dungeons and trials and stuff uh, if you're going to put more into trials, I'd hopefully like to see more than one a year <laughs> and maybe make them animated, you know? Yeah. Do something a little bit more because there's no way in hell I want to dress up like a monkey <laughs> on a hunter for trials armor, like what's available right now. Yeah. Uh, dungeon stuff. All right. Ghost of the Deep armor was kind of neat. 
Um, it made you look like a loosened hive. Cool. Mm-hmm. And, and then we had, uh, what was it? King's Fall came back that makes you look like regular hive. Mm-hmm. So if Crota comes back, I pray that they bring back the uh, Age of that, Triumph look as the basic that's, armor. That's not going to happen. I know. And that stinks because it's going to look like the King's Fall armor almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, raids, yes, they get out. They, some of them really go left field, like I think, the, was it Warlock? For Rude of Nightmares. For Rude of Nightmares had like multiple arms on it. Yep. It's like, okay, interesting, interesting. The uh, Hunter's cloak was so wide. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, it's, I guess it's supposed to look alien and foreign. Nice. It it just wasn't my aesthetic. I'm glad there's people that really like it. I didn't like uh, Vow the Disciples either, to be very honest with you. Those are some of my least favorite armor sets that the game has produced. You know, for like uh, end game armor sets. I just don't care for the aesthetic that they were going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal choice. No, nothing against like the commitment to art and breaking the mold like the, you know, the team that did create those things did. Uh, it's just a personal thing. I, I wouldn't wear them. Uh, but hey, dungeon armor, awesome. Uh, Spire of the Watcher. I thought that was fantastic. It was all Western themed. Mm-hmm. Get your cowboy on. It's fantastic. More of that for me. Um, yeah. Too bad about Rituals and Blues. We're getting an apology set, which is fine. They did not have to do that, and I fully recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, season pass armor. You know that that's. It looks interesting. I just, I don't know. It's like uh, stuff you can use more for um, transmog than what I would wear off the season pass. Yeah. Yeah. And I always like the um, the ornaments you get later in the past better than the actual season pass armor. Same. Yeah. I've always, I've always liked that. And I mean, it, we talked about it during the state of the game talk too, but it's a bummer that you can only get those for uh, paying. Yeah, like there's yeah. so little you can actually earn. Yeah, it's, yeah, feels that way. Um, but I, I will at least give them the credit for the investment on the uh, ornaments later in the past. I mean, they really go all out, especially this past season was unreal looking. As far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, that's something that should be like raid armor almost. This past season stuff, the quality to it, the animation and the colors and all that stuff. It was very well done. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit myself. Uh, anything else? Nope. Uh, how about communications, right. Vancouver? Communications. We want to talk to continue to have a transparent open line of communication with our community and our top priority is to keep our team members safe no one who works at bunsy should have to worry about their personal safety to protect the team we will continue to use our branded de- at destiny 2 team twitter and ready to cancel share more insights with the community joe will also be streaming destiny 2 in the near future so that you can join in and get more of these types of candid updates Look out for more details when the first one of these will kick off next season. Can we talk about the first sentence in that? <laughs> What's the one that you botched totally? About, uh, uh, what about the keeping the there? No one should works a bunch of worry about their personal safety. That line? No, for fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I guess to take that seriously, like, yeah, that should definitely not be something that anybody has to worry about. And it's, it's, it's a unfortunate how that seems to just be the easy solution for a lot of people is to just, um, be fucking terrible and like threaten devs and like we, we all, 
know, well, I guess for people that are more involved with things, know that DMG just recently went through something, and the like that legal fight is now done. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's scary and it's unfortunate that that is just an easy solution for people to go to. It's fucking insane that they have to say that our priority is the safety of our employees mm-hmm. so they can feel like, you know, they don't have to worry about their personal safety. They make video games, things designed to build joy and have fun with. Mm-hmm. And I social media and the internet have made people far too comfortable being anonymous Mm -hmm. semi-anonymous and just doing and saying horrible shit online yeah this is stuff they wouldn't dare say to somebody's face because they'd get the crap kicked out of them otherwise Mm mm-hmm Oh my lord! Well, no, that's fine. Uh, I, I right here to protect the team. Well, can you use the branded Destiny Two team Twitter, which is the I think they should have had that from the out from the get go, and really nobody using their personal one to um say anything company related or respond to anything company related. I mean, yeah, I remember hearing what was it? Uh, Liana, Lana, yeah. Liana, uh, one of the CMs, uh, people were like, after the uh, state of the game, they were. She said something, and they sent started sending her uh, flashing image gifts online because she's epileptic and light. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Sensitivity is a trigger for her, so they were just like spamming her these images on purpose. So she opened it up. You know, it's like, well, what's wrong with you? If you're a child, you deserve a timeout, like a severe timeout. If you're an adult, well, maybe we should, like, you know, look into your background a little bit because there might be even more that's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it interesting to talk about using a Reddit account because I recall somewhere within the past month, the Reddit account actually told them that, told Destiny the game Reddit that they were on timeout for a while after the uh, state of the game Mm -hmm. and the reaction to it and how awful it was. It's like, no, you guys are on timeout. We're not going to be in here as often as you want it anymore. This is what you're going to get. Official Mm -hmm. stuff here and there, but we're not going to be popping in and just chatting any longer. And boy, oh boy, you watch, if you're familiar with the term Ouroboros, you know, the snake eating its own tail type Mm -hmm. thing, you, you watch the Redditor's on that board when that happened, just like devouring each other and and blaming. Well, this person did this and it's these people within that are here. It's these people. It's like, Oh God, you're all children and you're not, you're like, and you're most likely adults. Mm -hmm. It's rather sad. Uh, the streams, I fear for Joe. Yeah. They're going to need, a I massive hope, mod team. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope when he does stream it, it's number one from the studio. Mm-hmm. So they have people able to moderate him right then and there. So yeah. they can like weed out people from you know spamming stuff. Or it's very possible that if they're gonna do it using their official Destiny Twitter or whatever, that you have to be subscribed to it for so long to comment. Or possibly subscribe to it to begin with to comment, mm-hmm. you know, like you can only follow for a month prior, two months prior, or something like that. Um, but it'll, that'll actually be interesting to see, having him watching him screw around and goofing around and playing, and mm-hmm. you know, just kind of listening to feedback and chatting and stuff like that. I, th- I think that's um, it's rather special, and I mm-hmm. hope people don't blow it. I don't have a lot of faith 
Uh, yeah, I don't either. For that, though. <laughs> because all it takes is really, like, one really, really shitty person. Mm-hmm. To absolutely ruin something. And um, I hope that's not the case. I hope their moderators are, like, you know, top-notch, very quick, banning mm-hmm. left and right as needed, you know, doing whatever they can. I, I, I really hope everything's set up well for that. Um, You know, I, I'm glad this was done. I'm glad uh, he took the time to go over this. I believe it was uh, Paul Tassie talking about this, saying that, well, you know, obviously this wasn't just him doing this. This was approved. Mm-hmm. This is what he could and could not talk about. But this, uh, yeah, at, reading the state of the game itself, it went over like a um, a lead balloon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it just, it, it just sunk everything. And you can't... We've called moments where they've given us bad news, band-aid ripping moments. Mm-hmm. This wasn't, it did not read like a band-aid ripping moment. This felt like old Yeller being taken out to the back shed. <laughs> type moment. Okay. And, and I think they recognized that it came off very poorly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this was needed. Uh, but, you know, I'm glad it was all said and it gives us a direction. Again, we need this is the good thing is you now see a little bit more focus as to where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Moving into next year. Do you want to go along for the ride? That's up to you. You have more information now. It's a little bit more clearer. Um, I I still think the proof is in the pudding. You have to start to see how what they're saying here pays off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and make your decisions on that. But you got two more seasons to go over, you know, 22 and 23, plus the showcase. You'll have plenty of time to consider where you want to go when uh, Final Shape rolls around next year. I think it's a important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about we switch gears? It looks like we do have some time. Let's talk about some exotic weapons. Some exotic weapons. Yeah, we got a bunch of them coming uh, next season that are getting some changes. Like, one of them that's getting a catalyst, which is, quote, the most mechanically complex catalyst they've ever done. That required a host of custom animation to work. And a lot of things that they've never done on a weapon before. But they hope we enjoy it. Benj, what did you think when you saw the video of the Monte Carlo being able to stab people with its bayonet on the front? I mean, it was pretty cool. (laughs) It's something that I feel like we've all wanted for a long time. You know, they had to like, I remember seeing one person talking about this, that for each, um, because there's ornaments for the Monte Carlo that mm-hmm. changed the look of the bayonet and everything. They had to, like, go through and do other passes for each ornament as well as the base model. Yeah. There was a ton of work that went into this, and it's actually very, very cool looking. And it looks like, I'll be very honest with you, it looks like it does a shit ton of damage, too, when you stab, like, more than a glaive attack. Yeah, no, that that's that's does some monster damage. and Yeah. Um, one thing I saw about it, like, minutes after this came out was like, boy, I wonder if I can buff that damage anymore, and if I can't, I'm going to be really upset. It's like, (laughs) Jesus Christ, it's a catalyst, (laughs) you guys need to chill. (laughs) Well, you know, it's more damage, so obviously the uh, Mint Maxers have a rage boner over being able to do more damage and kill things more efficiently in more creative and silly ways so yes of course they want to like get their hands on this and ramp it up to obscene levels where bungee ashes step in and go we have to nerf the catalyst again (laughs) yeah that's probably what's going to end up happening but possibly We'll, we'll have to play around with it like typically when we talk about weapon changes or even armor changes it's always with the caveat that We'll have to see when it comes out. Mm-hmm. 
if Monte Carlo's damage does not, it, it's static and it does not change, I'd be fine with that. Most likely it's going to stack with something. People will find out quick. Yeah. Uh, Quicksilver Storm. Players have been reporting that it felt like the ammo was not being loaded into Quicksilver Storm at the correct time. We've investigated and discovered a misalignment with the animation, and the ammo loading into that has been corrected. So they fixed an issue where the ammo was loading into Quicksilver Storm slightly too late in the reload animation. Well, that explains why I felt like it was off a little bit. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've noticed that myself, and I'm, I'm sure this is going to be a very nice thing to see working right. <laughs> Uh, Dead Man's Tale, uh, it's got a fix coming. I guess it's for the inauguration of it becoming a craftable weapon. Uh, they fixed the displayed impact stat. It's cosmetic only. The damage per bullet is unchanged. So there's something, just a cosmetic thing they needed to fix to correct. Mm -hmm. Two-Tailed Fox. I've seen people use the Catalyst Third Tail to fire a second missile. It goes in a... It fires the void one, then it fires the solar and arc, then in a burst. Mm. Um, apparently, they've reworked this catalyst completely. The performance of this weapon was just a little bit off, so we changed it to fire the third rocket following the second instead of a, at the same time, uh, which helps it lean harder into the three tails fantasy. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. One, one, one type thing instead of one and then a burst of two. Mm -hmm. So, hey, cool. Vergless Curve. Do you know what that is? The bow. I'm glad somebody remembers. I earned it and I put it in my vault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being, I'm being honest. It was one of those ones that I just did not feel very good to use, but... Let's see if these changes uh, make me want to use it again. They mm -hmm. fixed an issue where if Whisper of Fissures gets the kill, it does not count for the Hail Barrage stacks. We've also buffed the weapon's performance in PvP when using Hail Barrage. So Whisper of Fissures detonations now generate Hail Barrage stacks if the stasis crystal was graded by the weapon. A shiver Quiver. Oh, God, say that multiple times fast now activates when slowing enemies and they've increased the slow stacks from 40 to 60 when hitting players directly with hail barrage arrows this allows for a freeze if two arrows hit the same player sounds like more pvp changes to me mm -hmm. and i don't see myself using it We'll see how the season goes. Uh, this mm -hmm. one kind of hurts a little bit. La Monarch. <laughs> the, the, this weapon's getting toned down a little bit. I never really thought it was terrible, but apparently PvP players hate it. Because, you know, you tag somebody and you get them poisoned, then you mop them up with a shot from a hand cannon or something, right? Hot swap, that's how it goes. Oh, okay. uh, the lemon has long been a thorn in the side of many high-end PvP players. The massive chunk damage hit hard. The long damage over time duration kept you out of the fight for what felt like an eternity. We decided to address both facets of this problem at the same time by shifting lemon to... Stop calling it lemon. It's Le Monarch. Uh, to use the same damage profile as lightweight bow. It now deals 85 damage on impact to the body and 136 to the head against players. We've also reduced the dot duration from 3 seconds to 1.75 seconds, which makes it feel significantly less painful to be hit by this weapon. The DOT deals the same total damage as before against players, divided into 6 ticks instead of 8, but we've increased the dot damage in PvE by 50%. In PvE, this should result in a slight DPS increase, with the reduced impact damage being offset by the faster draw time, and the increased damage over time. So, reducing draw time from 684 milliseconds to 612 milliseconds, reduced body shot damage from 100 to 85, increased critical hit modifier from 1.5 to 1.6, crit damage against players goes from 150 to 136, though. 
Changed the poison damage over time effect. Reduced it from 3 to 1.75 seconds. Moved from 8 damage ticks to 6, but poison deals the same total damage. And increased poison damage in PvE by 50%. Hmm. I really hope this helps PvP players. <laughs> because I don't want to see this thing get nerfed anymore in PvE. Sure. Because this is a universal change. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Um, you know, the probably the best method for cleaning up overload champions is La Monarch on its own. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hoping this doesn't um screw around with it too much. Because, you know, everybody knows I love, love Overload Champions. Because I love champions across the board, right? Yep, 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 yep. So, um... That's yeah. you. Uh, for PvP, I don't use Monarch when it comes to it. And I've rarely been on the receiving end of it. I will say that. You know, compared to, like, you know, SMGs and hand cannons and pulse rifles and scout rifles. Um, I don't see too much of it but i guess high-end players are just annoyed to hell with it so there you go mm -hmm. get your fix uh vex mythoclass is apparently getting tuned also this has also been very very strong in pvp for some time having secretly benefited from a number of buffs to auto rifles that have increased its usability with auto rifles getting another bump to range in season 22 we felt that vex has been pushed up a notch too far in our playtest. oh come on let us figure that out <laughs> Release it! Don't do this! Come on! Let us, let let us really have a raid weapon that's fucking unbelievable. Um, with auto rifles getting another bump, blah, 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 I already said that we reduced the RPM from three ninety to three sixty to match the other auto rifles in its subfamily. At the same time, we wanted to make sure this was not a DPS decrease in PVE, so we've increased its damage to compensate. So the RPM is down to 360 to match other high-impact auto rifles. Increased damage against minor combatants, red bars, and major combatants, orange bars, by 25% in PvE. I already like this gun. I've been using it again when I have played this past mm -hmm. season. And giving me more damage in PvE is awesome. Yes. Yeah. I mean, fusion rifle. It's a fusion rifle. It fires like an auto rifle mm -hmm. that runs on white ammo, so it doesn't have it has unlimited ammo. Yes, this is great. It's all fire mode, turns it into a linear fusion. I love it. It's fantastic. I have the catalyst. It does more damage when you're hitting more. Mm -hmm. It's bonkers. It's a great weapon. Uh, yeah, you can tone it down a little bit in PvP. That's fine. <laughs> um, so far, what do you think of the changes before I keep going? Because there's a couple of big ones coming up. Honestly, the only one that's really mattered much has been Quicksilver, because that's been my main mm -hmm. uh, primary. So the rest of them, it's like, sure. I'm, I'm shocked. I thought you were Virgilus Curve main for the longest time. Right? I mean, I, I liked it the season that it came out, but I've I've just had other stuff that I'd rather use. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Remember when I said there was too many guns in this game? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's another one. Tommy's Matchbook. Aesthetically, I love Tommy's Matchbook. Having that old uh, Tommy gun look, Thompson submachine gun look to it. Looks fantastic. <laughs> I don't use it. So let's see. What are they doing? Uh, Tommy's matchbook, the previous setup wasn't working as expected, so new behavior gives the same end result, but front loads more scorch onto the base behavior. So their updated scorch value was previously 14 plus 7 with Ember of Ashes fragment equipped. Now it's 15 plus 5. I, I'm actually, I've stared at this, and I don't know how that's going to feel. <laughs> That all right, they increased it on the front end by one, yeah, and then they lowered it on the back end by two. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> wasn't that a is that a loss? That feels like a net loss. <laughs> because it's it's gone from twenty one to twenty. Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> yep. I don't know. It could feel different. Uh, for those that like Touch of Malice, the raid exotic from uh, King's Fall. Or that have it. I don't have it. Well, you know, it's it's part of the rotator. You could probably grind it if, I don't. if you join an LFG if you really, really, really want it. I'll be very cute. honest. I have it. I never went for the catalyst because the catalyst just gives a triple tap. And I've always looked at this gun like, why do you want to reload? The benefit is in the final round. You know, I didn't. I didn't realize that's what the catalyst said. That seems a little silly for something that doesn't run out of ammo. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess it's to all of a sudden. Oh, I need to quickly like you know reload it so I don't kill myself. Well, that's not going to matter. Moment. Uh, because touch of malice, they you know they they kind of messed around with it a little bit more. Um. What are they saying? It's a strong weapon, but the usability of the gun, which is too low in any content where it mattered. This was due large in part to how easily it was to unintentionally kill yourself. When we brought back Touch of Malice, we increased the amount of self-damage to the final round dealt to the user because there was far more ways to self-heal than in, Dest in Destiny 2 than there were when the gun originally made its appearance in Destiny 1. But we believe we may have gone too far. To make it up to you, the final round now deals 20% additional damage in PvE. Additionally, we've reduced the damage it deals to the user, and it can no longer kill the user. This isn't to say that you can't die. It's that the weapon itself will not be the thing that kills you. It'll just hold you at one hit point if you continue to fire it for too long. We've also set up Touch of Malice perk to be a lot more useful and easier to activate. And we fixed the ball of darkness to correctly deal arc damage, blinding PvE combatants. So, touch of malice. Increase final damage in PvE, final round damage in PvE by 20%. Decrease the self-damage from the final round from 10 points to 7. Final round damage can no longer kill you. Increase the health awarded by touch of malice perk from 30 to 75. Jesus. Well, I, I think that's when you're getting kills when you're in the final round stage. Uh, rapid hit kills, I think. That's what it does. I haven't used it in so long. Uh, set up Touch of Malice to work like Unrelenting. Guardians and Major Combatants give more points towards activation, and we increase the time allowed in between kills. Yeah, so it's multiple kills. Uh, Ball of Darkness now appropriately deals arc damage and will blind combatants and stun unstoppable champions. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll make sure to uh, bring it out and give it a shot and see what I think. You know? And um, if it's good, I hope you go and get one because, you know, I, I, I like scout rifles to begin with and ones that are kind of wild, even better. And touch just did not feel very good when it came out mm -hmm. at all. It, it kind of gave me, like, when they brought Vault of Glass back and Destiny 2's Vex Class felt really underperforming. And then they turned it up that season that it came out. Mm -hmm. And then people got the catalyst and were like, holy shit. <laughs> that entire season was fantastic. This might be Touch of Malice's time to do the same thing. So... I hope you get your hands on one. Uh, Malfeasance, don't worry. They're not giving it like wolf pack rounds or anything. Uh, it says it does a lot, and we wanted to make sure you knew when you were getting the effects of the catalyst, so they fixed an issue where the Vorpal weapon catalyst wasn't displaying the status buff text. Terrific. It's kind of it's helpful to know. And there's like a HUD thing coming up with like 
being able to show off more of the uh, buffs that you have going, buffs and debuffs. Because mm-hmm. I think you, they only show like three or four, so you can miss out on stuff because so many things are now stacking. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that doesn't break the UI, though. I don't know how they're going to do this. Uh, Cloud Strike. This was an exotic from Beyond Light. It's a mm-hmm. sniper rifle. Cloud Strike has been a very strong weapon flying under the radar for quite some time. Recently, it has become more prevalent, but getting killed by the explosion because your semi-nearby teammate chose the wrong time to lane peak feels bad. We want to maintain the exotic fantasy of the weapon and the core strength, but we felt the actual lethal distance itself could come down a bit. Players within the radius will still take damage, so in the hands of a skilled player, the weapon will still be highly effective. But now you'll be much less likely to die if you aren't within the much smaller radius of your teammate when they get killed. So they're reducing the lethal kill distance of the lightning strike against players. Sure. It's not reducing the damage dealt from the lightning strike. It's just how far out it goes. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, <clears throat> I'm sure we've all seen montages of somebody sniping somebody with Cloud Strike. And it turns out the entire team was standing behind them. Yeah. Sixes, and you just watch six people die at once. It's kind of incredible. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit more uh, uh, intimate when it comes to killing multiple people because they're going to have to be stacked on top of each other, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my favorite weapon um, of all time, Wicked Implement. This was the secret weapon in Season of the Deep, for those that don't remember, that uh, you had the wonderful joy of doing the Whetstone Challenge to get a hold of, and then doing the legendary Whetstone Challenge to get the Catalyst, if I remember correctly. I thought the catalyst was no, just the catalyst a tier, from the seven. tier seven chest. That's yeah. what it was. Catalyst tier dropped from the tier seven bad. chest, which was equally painful. Oh, that, that's brutal. Dive. Yeah, because you had to do all three um, pressure challenges, one in each uh, level, and then kill the boss at the end. I've done that one entire time, and I'll never do it again. <laughs> so we've all kind of agreed that Wicked Implement just did not feel strong. Out of the gate, I think I compared it to uh, Quicksilver Storm Venge's favorite weapon right now, saying that when you held Quicksilver and you fired it, you knew what it was capable of. You knew how strong it was. Wicked Implement just felt like a scout rifle that was stasis that occasionally would kick on and do something. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel good. Didn't feel good. Uh, I believe Bam and myself have had conversations about what we thought could happen and change it and. At some point, I think we jokingly mentioned that, um, well, if they put Headstone on it, maybe that'll improve things. He had some doubts as to what Headstone could do, but apparently they did everything correctly here. Um, So they took a conservative approach with the scout rifle out of the gate, hence why it felt like it did. Uh, They wanted to avoid creating a lousy experience for those on the receiving end of a long-range primary weapon with the ability to slow targets in PvP. Now that I spent some time in the live game, we can give the intrinsic perks some more uptime by making it easier to keep active. We've also improved the utility by providing more opportunities to generate stasis shards. With headstone added to the catalyst and the ability to create tracking shards from destroying stasis crystals, you can keep your mag full and your powered melee up more easily. Shard generation will continue to have a brief cooldown as with all other shard sources. So, Wicked Implement. The timing window for creeping attrition has been increased from three and a half to four and a half seconds. You can now active tithing harvest by destroying stasis crystals. And the Wicked Implement Exotic Catalyst now also includes the headstone perk. E8. I'm going to create a stasis crystal with headstone. I'm going to break the stasis crystal with the weapon, generating a shard that refills my magazine and I repeat over and over and over again, and Tithing Harvest would probably be up also longer, and okay. 
Okay. This is one that might, and I say might, uh, get used on my um, uh, Stasis Warlock when I'm doing uh, like Grandmasters and stuff like that. And we require Stasis Warlock to freeze everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this might be a good one for that. I for a while I've been using the um, Stasis Exotic Glaive as the exotic weapon. I might switch to Wicked Implement and put the Stasis Rocket Launcher on mm-hmm. instead now. So, eh, okay, cool. I like it. Should be fun. Any uh, any other uh, thoughts about these things? Things you kind of maybe wish got touched but didn't, or just you're just you're just glad that uh, Quicksilver is now going to be getting its ammo back at the correct time. I mean, I'll, I'll I'm gonna level with you. I right now I am running Quicksilver, my crafted forbearance, and my crafted commemoration, and. Uh, well, I just I don't, don't know if I'll be. I don't know if I'll be switching off of that anytime soon. Yeah, you don't so. need anything. Else. You don't need anything else. You're done. I've got. I got everything I need. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, there's too many guns in the game. Too many. You legitimately can come up with something, and regardless of any kind of tuning changes to other things, you may never, ever, ever play with some of these guns to any kind of length. Unless you, for some reason, fall in love with it specifically. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I mean, Crafted Forbearance, I think, is one of the greatest single-shot grenade launchers in the game. I've had it for six weeks, and I have 8,000 kills on it. Yeah, <laughs> so... <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I'm it's, guessing uh... Ambitious Assassin and um, Chain Reaction on it. it. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Both enhanced, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I I'm like right up there with you. There's like certain things that I always have on my characters, and it's it's rather silly because you know there's so many other options, but you find the things that work so well for you. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to move on unless you know somebody goes in and deletes them off your account completely or yeah uh you know they uh sunset them i'm looking at my uh, stuff right now it's like all right so on my warlock are you ready for this my arc warlock wearing the vesper of radius mm-hmm. i have my adept buzzard as my primary with perpetual motion and kinetic tremors Mm-hmm. I have divinity and I'm running my adept hothead. Nice. I don't need anything else. Yeah. Um my hunter Randy's throwing knife in my top slot. I'm rocking um Graviton Lance, because I'm a Void Hunter with uh, Gear Falcon's Hauberk. And mm-hmm. in the heavy slot, I have my Time Lock Corrective Measure. That doesn't change. Mm-hmm. And my Titan, which is a Solar Titan, I have on a Adept uh, Hung Jury, Vex Mythoclass, and the Briar's Contempt Linear Fusion Rifle. Mm-hmm. If I swap out Vex, I put on the uh, my crafted uh, Callus's mini tool and throw okay. on the baller horn in the exotic slot for my head. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, I mean, I think I listed off like what three, six, nine, ten, eleven, twelve weapons total that I just alternate through. Yeah. Out of how many hundreds of weapons are in the game? Then, uh, like, uh, I've I've played mostly passive in like the seasonal side of the 
the season. Mm-hmm. And I st- I was still able to get every weapon pattern from uh, the war table. So yep. if those ever become worth using, I can craft them and use them. But I just don't have enough of a reason to craft them and level them up and throw them in the vault. So Yeah. I remember uh, the, was the big thing with like you'd be able to craft all the weapons you can earn in Neomuna. Mm-hmm. Just the regular Neomuna like weapons, like you know, the uh, hand cannon and stuff like that. And apparently there was a bug that the more crafting patterns you had, well, the more uh, pieces to get the pattern that you had, all of a sudden it started dropping off as to the frequency of you ever getting it to get that fifth one. Yikes. <laughs> I have so many the Neo Muna weapons that I have four of the five pieces to to get the pattern to craft that it's just like I don't you know what's the deal? They fixed the bug, it's gonna be coming in season twenty two because I remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. And they're doing some other things to kind of improve getting your hands on, you know, the red borders, the deep sites for these, but it's like <laughs> At this moment, I, I if I finish them off, that's fine. I don't know if I'll ever craft the weapon, but at least it'll be available if I choose to. Mm-hmm. It's like that's silly. There's just so many, there's so much in the game right now. Like on one side of the equation, like guns, you you just have so many choices. It becomes the choices start becoming redundant almost. Yeah, it's definitely perk suites. Yeah, I feel like that's the only thing that's going to get people to change off of things is having different perk selections that are unique to like certain weapons and stuff like that. But they've also got to be, you know, worth using, worth running, worth worth the incentive of switching off to what you know works. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes you need that you need a little bit more of a harder push to try other things like, you know, when all your old weapons become unavoidable, uh, unavailable any longer and you can't use them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, sometimes it was a good thing to have a, a, a clean slate to start over, so to speak, or at least a partially clean slate to do it. Uh, frankly, I would like to see um more armor fixes make armor special it should be special and i think it's now time that something should be done with the class item other than just getting 12 points added to somewhere Mm -hmm. you know and just throwing some mods into it I i think the class item should actually do something for your character now i don't know how you could do that but armor definitely needs a little bit more love than just, oh, I now have three 100s and I never have to do anything except shard it again. Because mm-hmm. that's armor. And it's in a worse situation than weapons, in my opinion. I agree. <sighs> yeah. uh, well, that'll do it. Um, the showcase is Tuesday. The new season starts on Tuesday from the day of this recording. So August 22nd is all that wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. We will definitely be talking about the showcase uh, next episode. We will probably talk about the new season the following week. Mm-hmm. And we'll go from that. Uh, also, I will be losing my mind because uh, my wife goes back to work next week, <laughs> this week. <laughs> so it's once again me and the toddler well not toddler anymore the almost kindergartner she will be going into kindergarten next year she missed the cutoff date this year um yeah so we'll be going back to that plus i have monster hunter uh sunbreaks last update and uh armored core 6 comes out on friday the 25th so I'll be busy. I think Immortals of Avium comes out very soon, too, so I'll be doing that, Yeah, 
yeah, it, it's it's also coming out very soon. There's a lot of stuff coming out very soon. August twenty second. Yeah, so the day of day of all of that, hey. Um, and I also do want to run you through uh, the remainder of Yasha on Remnant. Yeah, so we can get yep. you through the campaign and then maybe move on to the DLC, so you can get all the all the cool weapons, and then you can go mm-hmm. off and farm the rest of them as needed. Yeah. But outside of that, lots to do. Spotify for podcasts, Hidden Guardians podcast. Give us a follow. Like to see that go up. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate everybody that has. Yes. Over these yes, 115 yes, yes. episodes. Crazy. Yeah. In the meantime, be well, everybody. Take care, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye now. Thanks for listening. Peepa. God. <laughs> oh, my Lord. At some point, you are going to finally go through puberty and your voice stop cracking. That'll be the day. <laughs>